And welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here recording on a very fine December 11th, only mm. a couple, two weeks to the day till Christmas. Joining me, a man full of festive cheer, Mr. <laughs> Lee Hancock. Good on, guys, Lee here. How are you, mate? Well, well. You came to the podcast. It sounded like you were about to say, well, 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 like something was about to eventuate, <laughs> no, but it well, was, you're feeling well. Like uh, yeah, you're up, beside, up and about for Christmas? I am, but beside, I'm well besides the fact that you rocked up a bit late to the pod. I was, oh, I'm oh. an absolute stickler for being on time. I'd rather yes. be far too early than far too late, but this morning, uh, my alarm eluded me, so I was a couple of minutes late today. My apologies. I'll put my hand up for that one, yeah. but I'm here. How formal is Lee looking today? Just FYI. Lee looks ready to... Um, I don't know what he ready ready for work or you ready that, for. You said that before the pod is putting chucking on a blue shirt for considered formal. No, the old stripes, the, the white and blue stripes for any of our YouTube watchers out there. Uh, let us know what you think. Is Lee more ready for a, uh, a night in the town or ready for a day at work? <laughs> a bit too dressed. Up. I like it. I'm, but I'm I, here it, for it. It is formal. Absolutely, yeah. a guy who is. Not looking as formal, but no. still looking like a million bucks in his own right. Mr. Roe Hancock, how are you, buddy? Yeah, good, Nick. Good. Another week, another another huge happenings in the NBA. It's, it's always it's, happening, isn't yeah. it? NBL, NBA, it is non-stop action. For yourself, Roe, just quickly, mm. we'll touch on this probably a little more next week, but yourself a big Christmas guy? Uh, yes. Yeah, not over the top, though, unlike my partner. Your partner's oh, a, a, a goddamn nutcase. We she love is. it really, <laughs> but she is Christmas. Oh. Like, is she just... a it personifies what Christmas spirit's all about. She does, absolutely. I'm sure other people listening to the pod can relate. But, and it um, rubs off on you, doesn't it? It does, it does. Yeah. But um, how's, how's your week been, Nick? Yeah, mate, another day, another dollar. Yeah. All good in my world. Um, I was really looking forward to uh, this week's episode, more so next week's. We've, we touched on last week. Next week, we're going to run our, our annual Christmas special. Yes. Um, it's a good excuse for us guys to get on the beverages, <laughs> cut loose a little bit after what's been a big year, and we'll run a, a mailbag episode. So uh, before we get into the show, guys... Send in your questions. Yeah. NBA, NBL, non-basketball related. We want everything. We want all the smoke. Now's the time. Let us. We love tackling all your questions. We love hearing from you guys out there. So, uh, you know, send them down range. We'll be sure to uh, answer <laughs> them. Probably, I was about to say, as I've said in the past, with the appropriate gusto. But, yes. um, you know, they, these Christmas specials, sometimes our, our words start to uh, elude us a little bit, <laughs> deteriorate. They um, certainly are some of our more entertaining podcasts, aren't they? Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. It is a season to be jolly indeed. Fellas, as I said, a big episode in store. What we're going to do today, we're going to recap a couple of quick odds and ends from around the league. Mm. Uh, just going to touch on quickly the NBL, just a quick point or two there from that. Um, we'll then go into, so, so far we've seen quite a bit of the season. We're well past the quarter of the way mark, coming up to a third now. And there's been teams or players that have been, I guess, somewhat disappointing or in a bit of a slump. Absolutely. So today yeah. gives us the opportunity to... We're going to do one each. Uh, well, so we've got six rounds. One for we think will come out of the slump and one we think will remain in the slump. So we'll just have a bit of a chat and discuss that. Mm-hmm. And we'll end with a few quick points from the NBA the week that was some of the huge talking points from the action we've seen. Lovely. Love it. Guys, quick last point for me on the housekeeping front. Continue to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to the show. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Um, as I've, I, we just said before we came on air, our TikTok, we, it is in the works. It is in the works. As we are um, the ultimate, what's, what's the word? We Creators. Catfishers. Oh, oh, okay. We're on different waves. Right. What are you Creators. Um, we've drawn people in. It, it is happening, though, um, next week in particular. Catfish. Catfish, catfishing all the, um, <laughs> yeah, catfish. What a, 
Such a funny term, isn't it? <laughs> Nevertheless, um, we will have our TikTok up and running again in the next couple of weeks with plenty more content on the way on that front. So, yeah, guys, continue to hit that like, comment, subscribe button. Awesome stuff. We're getting closer and closer day by day to 2,000 on Instagram. Jeez, a, a historic you, moment. That you, might warrant another drinking episode in its own right. Oh, well, our arms don't need much twisting. But Pretty let, loose in the league. <laughs> let me tell you, you are so comprehensive with our opening of the show. That's all That's all just muscle memory now. It? <laughs> it is. It is. You know, can't be, can't be talked, can't you're, be bought. You're a true professional. Yeah, I give you the range. While Nick's talking, you'll see my head. I'm just like... Yeah. Yeah. We might throw it up doing. next week and let you two do pull so. double duty. Oh, Why mess with a good thing, Nick? There you go, my man. Let's do it. Odds and end. Quick point from me. Um, our reigning Eastern Conference Player of the Week, DeMar DeRozan, has tested positive for the mm. coronavirus. Yeah. Um, it's seen a bit of a spark in the last week or two. There's been multiple Hornets players as well. Lamelo, yep. Kerry from um, Grizzlies Jar. Yep. And it yeah. always seems like half of the Bulls team is like DeMar DeRozan. Kobe White. Um, Kobe White. Yep. Um, There's Javonte qu- Green. Yep. Mm. Quite a lot of them. And it, I guess it just kind of begs the question... Are we going to see potentially the league if it gets much worse go into a bit of a shutdown again? Um, I don't think it's a resurgence. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks in particular, we kind of, I I guess, almost got a little bit complacent, didn't Mm -hmm. we, with how Mm -hmm. things were travelling? But it has certainly come back with a vengeance. And some of these big name players, in particular, DeRozan, who's, I wouldn't say he's in the top three, but he's in and around the MVP pitch, you could argue. Um, So a big blow to him and. yeah, we certainly hope all these players can get themselves get themselves mm. sorted as soon as possible. Mm. It's surprising me how well, and this might be biased, but how well the Hornets are holding up with out two of their star players. Like they're not, and likewise the Grizz. Yeah, yeah, the goddamn Grizzlies are on fire yeah. at the minute. Fourth, I believe they're sitting. Yeah, uh, I think they're like one and eight in their last nine games or something of the kind. All for the most part with Jar being out. Yeah. Uh, really phenomenal stuff from them there. Where are the Hornets sitting, just FYI? I haven't really kept too much of an eye on them. Yeah, seventh or eighth, are they? Seven, so they're, they're still hanging in there. They're hanging in there, yeah. and they're, um, yeah, it's kind of, we've seen a bit more game time from Book Knight. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, geez, he's been, he's Book been Knight, fun. He's, he's going to be one of the most exciting players to watch in a few years. Mm. He might not be the most complete player, but goodness me, he, he's a highlight like. reel. It's amazing. Lee, what did we have there? What are they sitting? Ninth. Ninth. But okay. again, we'll, I might touch on this a little bit later on in the episode. Very, very close in the east and west in that uh, that yes. middle section. Yep. It's coming to fruition that um, the Pacers are looking to, you know, probably do a whole rebuild um, just because they're saying that they're open to trade talks around Karis Levert, Sabonis, and Turner. Yeah, I did see this during the week, and they're in um, also coincides with the news TJ McConnell will be out for the mm-hmm. season, uh, needing. Oh, no, several weeks, I believe it was, for TJ. Uh, yeah. To repair torn ligaments in his right hand. Now, mm. there seems to be a lot of these hand injuries. I digress mm. slightly from mm. your point, Lee, but Bam at a bio, and there's, there's just other names as well. The hand issues are becoming quite prevalent throughout mm. the league. But um, yep. back on the Pacers, yeah, let's pose this question then. What do you think they do? Do you think the Pacers should blow it up completely and get rid of all of these assets, start from the ground up? Um, and just as a quick note, I think they have the lowest attendance in the really? league. Really? Okay. Oh, that's um, not great. So, or do you... Because there's, there's enough there. If you kind of get rid of maybe one or two of these pieces, mm. um, you look to offload a Levert and maybe either a Turner or a Sabonis, mm. you could probably bring in a couple of handy pieces. you still got Duarte, Brogdon, um, you know, McConnell when he comes back. There's enough there that you could still maybe 
maybe mount a bit of a playoff push. You just need I the think, right pieces there. I think so as well. And I, you're right in saying that they've got pieces that present value and they've got pieces who other teams would be interested in. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe making a few logical swaps, maybe getting rid of Karis Levert for someone who perhaps they require more mm-hmm. um, than another, you know, scorer. Yep. Because um, that's all Karis Levert really is. Like, we love Karis Levert, but he's a... He, I think he's we've overrated him a little bit. A little bit, haven't we? I think yeah. just purely on the fact... He had one or two really explosive games in Brooklyn. I what was it last year? He had a fifty piece, yeah. and we that was the one. Wasn't that, it? that was yeah. the one where yeah. perspectives changed completely. But um, just quickly, Lee, for you, and I'll, I'll pose it to Row as well. Which way are we going? Are we going Turner or Sabonis? Who stays and who goes? Um, if you're um, the Pacers, like Sabonis stays. I don't know why they're so um, you know open to get rid of him, even though you could get a fair <laughs> bit back in return, but. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd keep Sabonis. Sabonis definitely presents more value, but that's probably more reason for him, for the Pacers yeah. to keep him. Miles um, Turner's been on the trade block for a little while now, so yep. it wouldn't really surprise me if they offloaded him over the next year or so. Um, but again, he's a he's a good defense. He's a really good defensive yeah, really stalwart, good. so he he presents a lot of value in his own right on the defensive end. So I wonder. I, I'm still not sold that they'll. I know there's been these rumors that they'll yep. sort of, you know. Chuck out the baby, um, baby with the bathwater or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Saying is, but, um, but I'm not 100 percent sold that they'll do it unless they have a you know solidified plan going forward. Such a funny team, aren't they? Because as we said, was it last week or the week before last when we kind of gave all of our bottom five teams a compliment? Mm. I said for me, the positive is they we haven't seen their complete like mm. their fully loaded roster yet, completely yes. healthy. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of think, do we hang on to hope that it could all work out once this whole lineup's together? Or is it time to move on? Because mm. they are just a, a bit of a middling team. Okay, um, let me pose this question to you then. At full strength, how how good can they be? How high in the Eastern standings can they finish? I think from what we've seen in the Eastern, it's resurgence, the way it's looking. I don't think they're going any higher than maybe six or seven, probably and seven. And that's generous. So, do you, so in that case, do you hold on to these no. guys or do you, no. do you ship them off and ship them start off. for a rebuild? Ship them off. They need, even with these players, like Sabonis is a two-time All-Star, you've got like a quite a good list of stars with reasonable star power. Yes. But yes. as I said, they're not drawing anyone into games. No. They're just not watchable they're not drawing crowds in I so Indiana you, was a basketball state or, or am I correct you are absolutely right and it just I guess gives I guess value mm. to the fact you look at Detroit who are one of the worst teams in the league yes yet they've got that franchise star who's going to draw eyes onto bums on seats um, exactly right mm. so they just need they need something they need yep. a shake up I think and I think the time is now in Indiana yeah lovely that's enough Indiana talk mm. lads a bit of Blazers talk real quick here now mm. two points I'll start with the first one. CJ McCollum has suffered a collapsed right oh lung. It's been evaluated further. Now, mm. this is a injury. It's, it's not as bad as it sounds. It is bad, no doubt it about it. It sounds really bad. It sounds horrible. A it collapsed lung. I shout out to my mate Sam Loudon, Slim Jesus we call him. Um, <laughs> but he he's, he's, um, went to a little festival and had a bit of a tumble off the old uh, mm. three stack on the shoulders. He's got a collapsed lung. He's oh, still no. fighting fit, so oh, I dare say CJ will be okay, but um, being evaluated further, looking at probably a good couple of weeks. Mm. Um, but also with the news during the week, how's this one? Some eye-watering money. Mm. Now, reports are suggesting Dame wants a two-year extension, $107 million, 
It would yeah. land him in 2027, the highest paying season in history at 36 years of age, mm. of 55.3 million. Goodness, mm. so are you kidding? And and apparently, this is what I've heard on the on the grapevine. On the grapevine, um, Marvin Gaye heard it through yeah. the grapevine. <laughs> I've heard that the Trailblazers don't want to give him no. that money. You and wouldn't, though, would you? No. And I've also heard that the Trailblazers would actually prefer to ship Dame off no. at this point of his career. So. Take that for what you will. They certainly don't want to give him, you know, that much money, particularly given so far this season. That's he hasn't crazy. been the dame that we've all, you know, come to know and love. Mm. Maybe if it was the dame of, you know, maybe yesteryear. last year. The, yeah, yesteryear, then maybe you'd consider it, but certainly not based off what we've seen. And also based off the fact that, you know, the trailblazers are trending downwards. You anyway. you just hold on to that thought, my man. Uh, we might talk about them very shortly. We might. But, might um, yeah, that's huge money, isn't it, Lee? Yes. Well, what is reasonable? If 107, I, I agree, 107 is a bit too much. Like for maybe an extension for a two-year that age, extension, maybe like it, 95? I wouldn't be, I'd, I think you'd have to take a pay cut at that rate. I'd, I'd be thinking like a, probably 80 million. 80? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, still yeah. getting Forty million dollars for an yeah, yeah. like, yeah. in his mid mid thirties. My math was off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sad day, mate. That's okay. Um, now, mm. last point for me on the odds and end front. Our man Aussie, our fellow Aussie, um, had an absolute breakout in the in the Olympics. Yes, uh, Dante Exum has signed a deal with Barcelona mm. in the Euro League. Yes. Not to be mistaken with FC Barcelona, who are. Yeah. Uh, you know, running right in the La Liga there for the soccer fans out there, but running right in the Euro League. So fantastic to see him. I think we'd kind of almost not come to the fact that his NBA tenure was maybe over for this round. Yes. Um. You know, who knows? A, a bit of confidence and experience. We saw, you know, once he was playing with confidence in the Olympics, mm-hmm. what it did for him. Uh, if that can translate into the Euro League, who knows? We might see him once again in the league. I don't know about you guys, but I think Dante Axum, he may have been picked up top five, maybe five or six in, the, in his draft. I think that would have put a lot of pressure on him, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I don't think many people were really expecting him to go that high. And so it sort of makes me... Put him makes, almost behind the eight ball from the word go. Yeah, it does. And I know we've spoken about it in the past, but like these guys who get drafted probably higher than warranted it it does have an impact on the yeah. rest of their career um so i i wish him all the best in in barcelona i'm sure he's a he's a really talented basketball player probably just not nba level just mm. yet i could think of worse places to be sent <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, so it would not be bad at all no, he's so. gonna be living the life absolutely lee anything else or no. from row from odds and ends not for me beautiful fellas just on the nba a couple of quick talking points here from me um just for round one across the six games mm. the league recorded the second highest Average crowd total um, okay. since its yeah. inception. They averaged seven thousand four hundred and seventy-two. Wow, um, that was the best being seven thousand five hundred and three in uh, round nineteen of twenty nineteen. So, yeah. a phenomenal start there for the league. Um, watched quite a lot of the games last week from mm. round one, and it was just a fantastic start. Um, as we said, I think we spoke about it on last week's episode. The Jack Jumpers got a win. In their first game, mm-hmm. they followed it up Thursday night. They went down in a nail-biter, 83-80 to 80 versus the Adelaide 36ers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game, to be fair, that they probably weren't that close, to be honest. Um, yeah. They made it a real battle down the stretch. They were down by, I think, 13 going into the last. Um, Josh Adams, who was super, super quiet, was just... He was non-existent through the first three quarters, mm. but goddamn, in that last quarter... He was just making it rain from three and really got them. Yep. They got, he got them to within a point. Um, mm. 
he, they were down three, he had three free throws, missed the first one, made the second two. So they got to within a point, um, and it really looked like they were going to maybe get over the line. Yep. Um, Dusty Hannazen from the 36ers just hit an absolute prayer three, yep. about a second and a half on the clock from deep. It, this was just absolutely, if you look up Hail Mary, this was the absolute definition. definition. Yep. So he put them up by four. Um, and they just couldn't quite get there in the end, going down by three. But nevertheless, a phenomenal showing from them. And we said, mm. you know, win, lose, or no draws in the uh, in basketball, but they're going to put up a fight every night. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they did. They really made it a competitive game. The defensive hustle was just on display, and we said about that in the first game. It really, I think, is going to be the, the brand of basketball we play. Uh, Clint Steindl in this one kind of led the way on the offensive end, 22 points, and uh, yep. yeah, kind of warranted his selection as captain. That's the thing, though, isn't it? We're going to compete every single week. We, we've never said that we're going to win every single game. I'm definitely not expecting that out of the Jack Jumpers in their first season. But what we are expecting is any team that comes up against them is probably going to have a pretty Their tough night. Yeah. Just quickly, Roy, how's your uh, week one? And we had a couple mm. of games already in round two. How's your NBL fantasy team going? Oh, look, there's been some good performers and then there's been some, some so ordinary good. performers yeah. as well. But... Um, Look, it's all a learning experience. I'm just getting into the NBL really with the inception of the Jack Jumpers, so I'll I'll be um I'll be picking up a bit more knowledge about these players going forward. How's yours? Going? I'll just say real quickly, mine's been hit and miss as like yours, yes. right? Um, I I will say my captain has my captain selection's been phenomenal. Week one, I had Vic Law, who just absolutely put on a clinic in both games for the Wildcats, and then do not tell me you you've gone I, with Creaky. This I week. swapped my captain for week two and had Mitch Creek oh. last night. Put up a 30-plus little number there and absolutely crushed it for me. I was over the moon with it. I was like, oh, do I or don't I swap yep. it? And I I went with do and he's just absolutely um, he's crushed it for me. So very, very happy with his performance. Just touching on Creaky, and we're not going to have a Creaky segment or anything like that. But how, Can like, how hasn't he? He's NBA quality, I would have thought. Like, he's got the NBA build. He's he's talented. He's, he's got all the traits of being, like, a really good NBA player. Well, you know, he's got NBA quality traits to him, but... You know what we might have to do is a little segment um, yes. in the next couple of weeks after our Christmas special. We might have to do the top 10 NBL players who could make it in the NBA. Oh, that's Or something of the kind because they're... Lee's not overly <laughs> Lee loves it. Lee loves the I NBL. don't dip my feet into things I don't know. You see me pretty silent over here throughout this segment. <laughs> uh, you, you love it. You, I'm not uh, going to pretend I know much about the NBL because I don't. I, I Like I probably should. No so better no, time to jump on board, mate. He's an honest man, and that's what we like. But it, anyway. I tell you what, the quality, I, again, we've touched on the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of bowlers out there. A lot to like. Mitch Creek, one of those for sure. He is, he is. Brilliant stuff, lads. Let's move ahead. So we said at the top of the show, we're going to do a couple of teams, teams or players um, who are in a bit of a rut at the minute. So we've got two rounds each, one who we think will come out of the rut and one who we think will remain in it. Uh, We'll put something up during the week. We'd love to hear what you guys think of our selections, where we went right, where we went wrong. Once again, we're we're big boys here, aren't we? We're big boys. We can take the criticism. Look at you flexing on the haters. There you go. Good man. Um, Lee, I reckon you take us away. So I reckon we start with... to come out of the rut, uh, to stay in the rut. Stay in the rut. We'll stay in the rut. Okay, this is a guy that I don't like talking bad about because he's a likable player and he's a talented player. <laughs> but this guy is having a truly terrible and pretty brutal season, and it's Jordan Clarkson. 
Um, I've got the stats right here. He's 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 a, this guy's a shooter, and he's averaging fourteen points on five of fourteen from the field, Ooh. three of nine um, from the three. This guy, what I don't like about him this season and throughout his career in general, he has a tendency to shoot without consequence. You see all the Instagram posts, that the NBA posts, and yeah. it's all these, you know, um, fancy, fancy work, and he slots it in the basket. But what we don't see is the shots he doesn't make. Um, and by there's the a lot of them. Of, by the looks of things, it'd be a lot of them. Um, now I don't believe Jordo will go through this season not heating up. I think it's inevitable that he's going to heat up. But my fear and what I believe is probably going to happen is when it really matters, he's probably going to cool back down. Yep. He's going to heat up just to cool back down, namely in the playoffs. We saw him do it a bit mm. last year. Um, I don't know. Quinn, Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Jazz, did make a good point saying... It can't go in if you don't shoot it. Um, 100%. But, but he really needs to work on his shot a bit more. Can I just say, sorry, I was smiling the whole time as you were talking then, just for the pure fact, not of anything you said, mm. but when you were saying he just shoots without conscience. It just reminded me, I just want to give a quick shout out to, a, a, I put it in our group chat the other week, because I, I, I'm not much of a Twitter goer. Go ahead. Um, yes. But from Nate Jones, at Jones on the NBA, in regards to just shooting without will, this was in regards to Jordan Poole. He tweeted... Jordan Poole is first team, all let that bitch fly. <laughs> Zero fear, lol. And, um, you know, as I said, not much of a Twitter uh, goal, but that by far is one of the best uh, tweets I've seen in a long, long while. But Not fast. shooting without conscience, I said, but more... Consequence. Yeah, more shooting oh, con- without any yeah, consequence. Yeah. Same thing. Same yeah, just same, just same, let that same bitch thing. fly. And yeah. that's, um, Both those just, to a first old team. Like first that old It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's awesome. But, yeah, what is it? Because is it now... The way he, he's like the last couple of seasons, last season in particular, is it the expectation yeah. now we have of him that the bar, like some people, you know, reach a bar and then they just set mm. it higher mm. and keep going and going and going, whereas yeah. some might crumble or dip. Mm. Is he one of those players we think who might have reached his plateau and now that the, the expectations are so much higher on him, do you um, think he can? Can reach the next the next level. I think it's a matter of inconsistency. We've seen him have hot and cold spells, and in the NBA, you just can't really have that. You know what I mean? I just feel like he's he's one of those guys who has full license to do as he pleases yeah. off the bench. I reckon Quinn Snyder says I, I don't think he's overly concerned about yeah. his um, field goal percentage. To be honest, his job in that team is to put up shots, shots. and be that spark plug off the bench. Yeah. Um, now, that's going to mean that some nights he goes for eight points and some nights he's probably going to go for 30. But that happens with the best, doesn't it? We've it, seen Steph Curry have some just some very, uh, let's say, ordinary games yeah. just shooting low percentages like that. In but, saying that, I, I would agree with Lee in the fact that he hasn't been as impressive this season as yeah. we've seen in previous seasons. Like um, It's not like he's having many 30-point games at all. No. He might have had two or three good games this season, but a majority of them have been pretty and I, low input. I picked up on that pretty early. I, I picked him up in my fantasy team, um, and he was gone <laughs> oh, no. within the first week. Oh, within the so first week. You didn't give him a chance didn't to, give him to a heat chance. up? I, I saw, sort of saw it coming. I saw the trend. But, Do you um, think it might be partly as well, maybe just thinking of reasons for this, that it might be because the Jazz are doing you know, pretty well at the moment. Yeah, I think they're yeah. third in the in the West, and they're not you know, having to really step out of second gear too much. Mm. Donovan Mitchell's elevated his game. I saw this morning, God damn it, I think Rudy Gobert might have been in the MVP race. I saw an article, Gee, I was like, oh, look out. Me. But that he's not 
almost required to do as much maybe. maybe. There's not as much pressure coming off the bench that he's got to keep things afloat because they're doing so well. Yeah, maybe it's a matter of, like you just said, what's working is working and why deviate from that um, if, if things are going your way. Yeah, don't mess with a good thing. Absolutely. I will uh, take us away, I think, here. Yeah, so my one is the Portland Trailblazers. I think they're... they're that's why I didn't want to speak on it. You, you've got the same? I do. Let's go. Well, let's do an extended yep. little segment here on the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. So I think it will con- continue. Uh, earlier in the week, they were back to being the 30th ranked defense in the league. Now, over the last few years, this has been their real Achilles heel mm. on the defensive end. They can put up points, no concerns. But on the defensive end, it is just... Struggles. Open the floodgates. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know what the point is to fix them. Well, I know what the point is. It's getting Ben Simmons. It's a trade that's been spoken about yeah, for quite yeah. a while now. Um, probably no better time. CJ McCollum, you know, who knows how he will return with his collapsed lung. I don't think it affects his value too much. Yeah. But if you were to get rid of CJ, let's say. Let's say CJ. Yeah. Use him as a piece. You bring in Ben Simmons, and now this is a trade we've spoken about quite a bit. We have. You are shoring up the defensive end really, really, like with one of the all-time top defensive talents in the league. Yeah. You've still got more than enough shooters, Norman Power, Dame, Robert Covington, if he can find a bit of form, Nurkic. You've still got enough ability around all those pieces. You've still got Larry Nance coming off, Anthony Simons. They, I think it is the move they need to make because at the rate they're going, they might make the playoffs. But if they if you've got the thirtieth ranked defense in the league, you're not gonna your ceiling is very low. That, that needs a lot of work. And and if I was the um if I was a Philadelphia 76ers and Daryl Morey, I would take that trade because I think I think um CJ McCullum when he's fit and healthy and firing, he can be like a twenty five to thirty point a game player. Generating all star buzz last season before yeah. he got injured. In saying that we know Daryl Morey and we know that he's he drives a hard bargain so mm. he may not even take that which would which I think would be absurd if he didn't not but smart. but yeah you're right like they they the Portland Trailblazers on defense are just in all sorts of trouble yeah. mm. and particularly like they're bad defensively but particularly with these recent key injuries to obviously CJ and he's out indefinitely yeah um Dame Lillard like he'll probably be back soon but yeah. you know he's still out and they I think they've lost six out of their last seven games so they're, they're going down the roller coaster at a rate of knots at the moment um and I don't I just don't see them getting out of it anytime soon so this trade might need to happen sooner than maybe they would have liked it's well, hard, yeah yeah well, I was just gonna say it's hard to think of one really good defensive player coming over to your team and making your team a better defensive team. But um, it's the fact that he'd bring a defensive culture, which is really what they need. And to be honest, I think um, how you play your defense falls a lot on the coaching staff and how they run their defense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, not so, yeah, I mean, you need to have good defensive players. but And when we think about it, like look at the Portland Trailblazers going forward. With Damian Lillard out and CJ McCollum out, guess who their main offensive option like, is? Like, no, let me like Anthony Simons, Norman Power. I would say Dennis no. Smith Jr. Yeah, is yeah. is their main offensive option? Yeah. Danger. That, that's that's yeah, it is dangerous. But just time. quickly on yeah. this on this trade as well, with the yeah. way that that team's constructed, if you were to bring in Simmons, we've spoken so much about him on the defensive side. What's CJ putting up? Let's say twenty to twenty five. Yep. If you give Simmons. The, just the ability, you clear the floor, you space it out. Mm. He's got a clear lane to drive in. He's going to put up 20-plus points yeah. as well a night, yeah. as well as doing everything on the defensive end. So 
you know, it's something we've spoken about for quite a while now, but it just feels like a no-brainer. And I guess for mm-hmm. the seven, like I'd probably take CJ in a pick or two. Yeah. But for the 76ers, you know, this elevates them probably back into that upper echelon of competing teams. Um, At the minute, they're kind of, well, we've seen Joel Embiid come back over the last week or two Mm. and he's started to look like the the MVP that he was nearly crowned last season before his injury. But, you know, you add CJ into that team, I think it makes a world of difference because at the minute... Simmons is just a non-factor. Yep. So bringing in a, a player who's, you know, a near all-star would be nothing but beneficial. Mm-hmm. So just in summary, do we think if um, the Portland Trailblazers traded for Ben Simmons, that they'd be likely to exit their massive slump at the moment? Or do you reckon they're just in a slump for the time being, regardless of whether they make a trade or not? I, well, I think Trailblazers. Yeah, I think certainly if they stick with their current roster and they don't make any trades, it's just going to be a horrible season for mm-hmm. them, regardless of if Dane comes back soon or not. They just don't look like competing at all. I think they can. I think CJ could be the first piece that is moved. Yeah. I think there is then the scope. I think Nurkic has been pretty ordinary. He has not looked like the dominant force we thought he'd be. I think he's potentially a trade candidate. Likewise, Robert Covington. Uh, I think there's a few pieces there. You can give increased responsibility to Simons, to Dennis Smith Jr., to whoever else, bring in a few other pieces and just rejuvenate this team Mm. and really show to Dame, all right, we're going to put the right pieces around you and really go for it Mm. Um, because I know for him, I reckon he's probably – Almost at the end of his at the end of his tether, I would think. I think I just think with the Portland Trailblazers, you need to bite the bullet now. So you need to either shut up shop, which means trading at least one of CJ and Dame, if not both, probably both, or you've just got to keep them for the long haul because mm. they're in a pretty good position. I know the season's still got a long way to go, but if they struggle to perform for the rest of the season, they'll be within that sort of lottery pick yeah. really like that that will be in and around the mark for a you know potential top five draft pick which might you know spell the end of Dame Lillard's and CJ McCollum's career in in yeah. Portland they might look to the future so let's just say like, this, I just want to say in my opinion yeah, no, what please. I think they should do I think they need to blow it up and keep Dame so put Get Dame underneath the underground shelter and just drop a nuke on. Drop on, a nuke on, on it, yeah. Can. Because yeah. Um, Dame, it's so it's it's too hard to get rid of Dame in my opinion, unless he wants to go. You know, like you said, I think maybe because Dame's my brother, but you, you as in too hard for like other teams to acquire him. He's 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 Portland Trailblazers culture, and I've said it before. He's he brings the culture to Portland. So. I I think the money situation is going to have a bit of an impact. I reckon yep. I reckon particularly given now he's probably asking overs for that two year extension. I reckon the Portland Trailblazers might just say to him, "Look, you've been an absolute superstar for our team." Um, thanks for everything you've done, but we End of cannot the pay you this given the fact that we're not making any progress. Yep. Yeah, I think if, his time in, in Portland's quickly coming to an end. If this team would have remained then, let's just say they keep Dame, they keep CJ, they keep these core pieces, what they've got, you know, in the off-season they're going to make some moves, moves around the fringe. But what is, with the way they're currently constructed, what is their ceiling? How high, like they might be having an off year or struggled with some injuries, but how how far can this team go? It's crazy because you, you say that, and we've seen this team go to the Western Conference Finals. Now, do I think this team can make the Western Conference Finals? No, probably no. not anymore. Um, I think at the absolute highest, if they're all healthy, I think they're a team who could maybe finish around 
six mm. or thereabouts. Like I say, first round exit, probably. Yeah, yeah. In all honesty, they they would be a team who I think wouldn't make it very far in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But um, which that, gives that's I think that to... answers the question of yeah. whether to blow it up or not, or to you know move on. If with the the talent they have, the money that's been spent, mm. if that's their ceiling. I think that's the answer to the question. I they need so to well. need something to change. And probably three years overdue. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Better late than never, as they say. Yes. Roy, you might uh, take us away. We might move ahead. So yours was Portland as well. It was. Let's move ahead then to our our team or player that we think will come out of their current slump. Okay, this might be a bit of a controversial one, but I think the Indiana Pacers are a team who. <laughs> I have mean, you got the Pacers? No, I don't. No, but it makes sense. I, I I think they're in a massive slump at the moment. So they're sitting thirteenth in the East. 11-16 record. Now, that's a bad record. That's a shocking record. Um, but their start to the season was really what, you know, did all the damage. So they had a 1-7 one, one start to the season. We are thinking, goodness me, this team looks a shell of a team that we've seen in the past. After we all kind of regarded them reasonably highly yeah. coming into the season, I think, without looking at our standings predictions. Oh. I think we had them... Surpassing that, I that's think so sure. as well. So they start, they they were already behind the eight ball to begin the season. Yeah, in their last twenty games, they're actually for, at five hundred. They've won ten mm. of their last twenty games, so they're actually not. Even though they're thirteenth at the moment, they're not performing as badly as we think they are, particularly in recent times. Yep. And you know, I just think they're one of these teams who, particularly on paper, we've spoken about the Indiana Pacers contrast between the team we see on paper and sometimes the performances we get. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I certainly don't think that they're a team who is likely to finish down the bottom, you know, three, four, five teams in the in the Eastern Conference, to be honest. For I this, this season, you think they can get out of that? I think. Well, I'm not saying that I think they'll make the playoffs mm, um, yeah. because I don't necessarily think they do. But I, at the moment, they're sitting for 13th. I think they're a team who will rise to where probably many thought that they'd be, maybe around that nine yep. mark. Mm-hmm. I would, I would consider that coming out of their slump, given the fact that they're, you know, sitting at thirteenth at the moment. Yeah. Now, the only thing with the Indiana Pacers, and I don't know if you were about to mention this, Nick, is all this talk about them shipping, you know, big name yep. players off. Mm. Is that likely to cause? Unrest within Indiana is this going to have an impact on whether they, you know, start I, to win a few more games going forward? And in my opinion, before just before yeah. I, I hand the reins over to yourself, Nick, I think it's one of these things which is either going to make or just completely break the Indiana mm. Pacers. Um, but I, I personally think that they might stick with the majority of their core, even if mm-hmm. they get rid of one of these players, maybe Miles Turner. Yep. Um, and I, I, I certainly think that they're going to exit this slump regardless of what happens with, you know, maybe offloading one of these, you know, core players. players. What do you reckon? I've seen a little smirk oh. on your face throughout the whole time. No, I, I, I just uh, this is a good one. It kind of caught me off guard just the way we were talking about them yeah. prior yeah. in odds yep. and ends. Um, from what I've heard, I've heard like a few different sources and outlets kind of reporting that they're quite open and transparent with the players about that, like whether they're, you know, if, you know, we're not going to beat around the bush and say you're not on the chopping block. Yes. Uh, they're yeah. quite honest in that sense. Yeah. So I think, I think that kind of works in their favour. Yeah. There's no secrecy. There's no backstabbing. That's all open on the table. At the end of the day, it is a business. Yeah. Um, they are employees. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that kind of bodes well for them, that that's the way they run their organisation. Mm-hmm. I... I tend to agree with you. Mm. 
because I think they are, we've spoken about quite extensively, they do have talent there. Mm-hmm. They've got good depth. They've got players coming along. Um, I, You know, they've battled horrendously with injuries. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, you certainly feel for them to a certain extent. Um, whether they... Part of me wants to see them do something, though. Part of me yeah. thinks if yeah. you make one or two moves and just like rejuvenate uh, this lineup, you know, whether it's a Turner or Sabonis going, a Levert, mm. who, you know, I think we put pretty high expectations on him. I don't think he's probably reached those yet. No, uh, I think there are moves to be made, not to blow it up, but I think there's moves to be made that could enhance your squad without, agree, you know, man. Bringing it down and actually, you know, as you said, shooting for that eight nine range. Uh, that still things are pretty close in the east and the west, mm. in that middle to lower portion. So they're certainly not out of it. No, um, and I, I think they just feel stagnant at the moment. Yeah. As we said, their crowds, their play style, everything just feels very going through the motion. So it something, is. you know, if you can bring in a character who's a bit of a culture piece or who has that energy and intensity, just to kind of you know, pull the players in around him, I think that will, will help. So I, I, I agree. I think they can come out of that slump. I was going to agree with Ro, and then I just had a look at, like, the actual Eastern Conference now and really who's above them. Mm. I don't think they're going to get to, like, nine even. I think they might, like, overtake Toronto, who's in front of them right now. But I was, I was thinking, who else can they overtake? And it's, it's just been the insurgence of some of these other teams that were pretty dog-awful last year. Do you think they're better than the Knicks? Do you think um, no, the yeah, exactly. I don't think they're better than the Cavs now. The Cavs are sitting six, and like a team mm. that was pretty bad last year, the Wizards are set, sitting fifth. So the East just keeps getting stronger. Um, I think that if they wanted to move up and get out of this slump, they're going to have to do something pretty soon because the East is just looking too strong. As I said before, I think it's quite deceptive though because they had that one seven start to yeah. the season. They're already behind the eight. They're already essentially seven games behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in the last twenty games, being about five, at five hundred, I think they are ten of the last twenty so games. Cool. They're in around that middle middle part. So it's just going to be a matter of if they can keep that up for the remainder of the season and probably improve on that. And likewise, we saw teams last year like the the Cavs are a shocker for it starting quite quite hot and yeah. cooling off very quickly. Who knows if that'll happen? I've quite they've, enjoyed watching they've looked the Cavs. Very good. Yeah. They've looked awesome. That they're big man lineup yeah. with Markin and Mobley and Allen and all for it with yeah. Garland running the point. They're wicked, but. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I feel they're, if, you, if you're going in a one-game matchup or a couple of game series, I think they're better than the Knicks, mm. who have been pretty ordinary. Mm. I would probably have them over the Cavs. Mm. I would probably have the, them. The, the, the pace is over the Cavs. Yep, in a, in a game. And I guess we're not talk- if, if, we're if, not even talking about right now, because at the moment, yeah, Cavs seem like a better team. I'm, I'm more sort of more speaking at the end of the season, where do I think everyone's going to end up? I think they're better than the Celtics, to be honest. Hurts, um, but... Oh, oh, hurts. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, probably. Yeah. You'd have them over the Raptors. But not the Hornets were at nine, right? Oh, I don't... I'm, I'm still not told. I was, no, no, they no. were my next team. I was about to say I would probably almost have them over the Hornets as well. Pacers. Um, you know, I, I on a good day, but when do Pacers have a good day? You know, they've had a few lately. They're yeah. 500. That's that's enough good days. Mm. But I, I agree. I think they'll come out of it. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what they can do. Good mm. stuff. On to the next one. Lee, what have you got go. for us, big fella? 
It's Dame time. Oh, oh, more Dame time. I, I had to put Dame in there. I feel like you guys didn't because you feared that someone else might have because it's such an obvious pick. Mm-hmm. But as my brother had to go with Dame, um, this season is averaging... Certainly not by blood. Look at him. <laughs> he needs some summer tan, I reckon, mate. <laughs> He's averaging 21, 4 and 7 on 7 from 18 from the field. And like Jordan Clarkson, 3 and 9 um, from the 3. I think with this situation, so many people have been looking for answers as to why Dame is, you know, not playing as he usually does. You know, is it the rule change in um, contact? Is it, uh, I heard people talking about, is it the new basketball change from Wilson to Spalding? Um, But in my opinion, we don't need to look for an explanation. It's Dame's 10th season. I'm allowing him a shooting slump. It's okay. He's going through a shooting slump and this happens. You look at last year, um, people like um, CJ McCollum, Nurk, uh, Zach Collins, they spent a lot of a lot of time out. Zach Collins, there's a name we haven't heard in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and who held down the fort? It was, of course, Dame. Um, I think he's just due for a bit of a mental reset, and I think this abdominal strain or whatever it is... Apparently is, that's been lingering a while, so that yeah. would certainly... Well, I think it's it's kind of um, a blessing in disguise because he can have this time to step back and just reset a little bit. But he got it, he's got a lot on his mind, you know, as well. That's the other thing, like trade talks, teammates getting traded, um, this yep. extension, on top of everyone criticising him because of his um, slump. How much money to ask for in his next extension. Exactly. <laughs> I just think it's... I think he's allowed to have a slump in his 10th tenth season. Uh, if I was to if I was to guess, and this is a complete guess, I, I would put his you know slump down to the fact that he's mentally fatigued. Yeah. I think he's probably one of the more strong-minded players in the league overall. And he's shown that throughout the course of his career, like standing up in the big moments. Yeah. Just that, it's just that mindset. Yeah. But I feel like... At the moment with all as lee was mentioning all the controversy surrounding the trailblazers and obviously his own performance i feel like he's taken the absolute toll in his 10th season you're obviously going to have some sort of physical Mm. fatigue but at the end of the day no he's not he hasn't been going deep at all he hasn't been playing that extra 30 games a season at the end i know but how much how much weight is on these bad boys i'd say Mm. a fair bit over the last 10 seasons but it's just the mental side of things he's um they will go as far as he takes them. Oh, absolutely, like it. Yeah. it really is. And it's probably, as you said, a blessing to yeah. have this break. And it's like before the break, he was he was looking on an upwards trajectory. He was. He, yep. was, he um, had been on the way up, absolutely. So it's not good. I think by the time he comes back from this abdominal, um, whatever it is, strain. this abdominal strain, he's going to look pretty fit and firing. Well, my player was uh, someone... Who Lee and I, we we uh, in our fantasy league, we did a bit of a blockbuster okay. trade. We went. Uh, my number one pick was Dame Lillard. I sent him to Lee for my uh, second pick, and I got back Terry Rozier and Dame. Uh, not Dame. No, got, I got Bradley Bill. Uh, so Bradley Bill's my play now. Yeah. The Wizards aren't in a slump. They have been fantastic to start the season. They've cooled off a little bit in the last week or two. Yeah. Nevertheless, they're sitting fifth as we speak. Yeah. Um. Bill was scoring down 10 points a game compared to what he was doing last season. He was at, at about 31, I believe. So he's down to about 21 now. Yep. But it's the most he's... I, I think what's been forgotten is it's the most he's uh, playmate for a team mm. uh, since or in Washington. Yeah. And he's kind of... There's a lot of new... This whole team has almost been turned over. There's been a lot of moving pieces, a lot of change, a lot of adapting. And that's been fantastic. Like, they've, they've certainly outperforming what we thought they would do. Mm. But I think... And it's kind of like, I guess, Portland. Mm. The Wizards will go as far as Bill takes yeah. them. I think now he might have 
I, I think he's had enough time to iron out the pieces. He's made everyone happy and settled. Yeah. But I think we're going to start seeing it's like Dame. It's mm. been increased in the last week or two. His output. I think we're going to start to see him really take that offensive number one, that scoring role that he, he's so accustomed to, and really start to put his foot on things. Mm. Um, like I think, I think they're a playoff team. Yeah. I think they've done mm. enough to show that with the team they've got, the roster they've assembled. But they need a star. Yeah. You look at any of the great teams. There's one person in the clutch or one in the clutch at the minute is goddamn Kuzma. Yeah. yeah uh, knocking has. down bloody corner threes like they're going out of fashion. <laughs> Did you see him like flip a fan off the other day? <laughs> he, $15,000 fine really? for Kuz, flipping off the Detroit fans. So petty. He's just a meme. But it's awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. If I had that much money, I'd be flipping off everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, and they'd cop that much. You, you would. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm here for that. But... Um, I think we'll see him be that driving force more so. Um, like Dane, we're seeing an uptick now. Um, and I think, as I said, like if they want to go far, they need a captain at the, yeah. at the helm of the ship. Otherwise, they're just going to be kind of middle, uh, middling, which they've started to do a little bit. But I think we'll see an increased output from Bradley Beal. Isn't it crazy? Just quickly on Bradley Beal, the fact that he's still averaging, I think he's averaging 22 points still, yes. but we're considering yeah. him to be in a slump just due to the simple fact that he's been a 30-plus a night scorer yep. in the past. Um, I don't know about you guys, and but so far this year, I sometimes forget Bradley Beal's on the team just due to the simple fact that they've had so much to Done by committee, isn't it? Yeah. At the minute, it, it seems like Harrell's having a big game. Coos, mm. you're getting Bill do a bit, KCP. Like, exactly, they're not yeah. having one standout. Yeah. Whereas when you used to think of Washington in the past, he was obviously the first name and sometimes the only name that yes. came to mind. And yeah. now sometimes he, he sort of goes under the radar mm. a little bit due to their new additions. But I agree. I, I certainly think he's a... Guy who's probably hasn't had to do as much, but also has been in a little bit of a slump so far. It's this really weird to think that Russ was on this team last year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like that—that's perplexing. I agree, I completely agree with Roy, though. Um, he, I agree he's in a little bit of a slump, but he just doesn't have to do as much. Yeah. I just had a look at um, his stats last season; he was putting up um, it was about 31, 32, wasn't yeah. it? No, he was. Well, he was putting up twenty-three shots a game. He's only oh, putting up like ninety. He's taking four yeah. less shots. Um, no. I, I just think he doesn't have to do as much, but I do agree in, in you saying he's in a little bit of a slump. Mm. And I, I, I think he does need to do more. I think they're yeah. just starting to kind of mm. plateau a little bit now. Um, we saw them, they were leading the charge yeah. on top of the east for a while there, and they've just kind of come back down to earth a little bit. So I think okay. they need someone now, a leader to step up. Well, I think he's adjusting to having a team actually built around yeah, him. Yeah, he is, yeah. absolutely. So early in his career, he was almost like... Um, the CJ column, say yes. CJ McCollum to Dame in, yep. um, with John John, John Wall, mm. and then he came with Russ, and he was kind of a two punch duo. Now he's the the face of that franchise, and he's just adjusting to he's that. Trying to facilitate more than he needs to now. I think everyone's set and happy. Yeah. They've got a good culture in that that locker room, apparently. So I think now new coach, too, new coach. So. Yep, we can see a little bit more more from him there. Mm. Fantastic. Lads, we've done it. We've spoken about a couple of teams slash players we think are in a rut. Uh, Some we think will stay in that rut. Some we think will come out. We'd love to hear from all you guys out there what you think of our our suggestions. A lot of of Portland talking amongst that. But, um, Mm. yeah, let us know where we went right and where we went wrong. Rightio. Fellas, let's have a little quick chat about the NBA. Mm -hmm. Now, the week that was, it's been a funny old week as they all are. I just wanted to speak about this bizarre point. Now... Across NBA, MLB, NFL, and NHL history, there's never been a team 
who has lost 15 games plus, oh, yeah. a 15 game streak, mm. and then bounced back with a six plus win streak following that. Mm. The Houston Rockets uh, the other day have they have now they knocked off the Nets. They are now on a seven game, their longest active winning streak in the NBA. Mm. They're on a seven game winning streak. Yeah, oh, that's weird. unbelievable. This is just ridiculous, isn't it? After losing 15 straight, they are now. Seven-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Who it's saw come, this coming? It comes so out of the blue, hasn't it? What's it been due to? I mean, personally, I I haven't been watching a hell of a lot of Houston Rockets games, forgive me, so I don't know what the actual turnaround's been due to. I think a lot of people are saying, oh, Jalen Green's injured, so he <laughs> was the liability, which I don't think is... Um, is happening. I think it's the fact that um, playing more team ball because he's out. Maybe they're not trying team, to feed him as much. Bit more team ball, and that Silas is actually playing Christian Wood at the five now, whereas before he was playing him at the four for some yeah. unknown reason. Him at the five just stretches the floor a little bit more, and um, I think that's that's not the main reason, but it's a contributing factor. Mm. But it's just it's, it's just so funny, isn't yeah, it? Like it is. who? Like this is just the stuff dreams are made of now, and they're um. Like, as funny as it sounds, given how close both conferences are, they're not that far away. They're only, I think, two and a half, three games back of a playing spot that's, position. That's <laughs> Yeah, after losing 15 straight. Now, sure. it's, this is just unbelievable. I'm going to pose this question to you guys. Mm-hmm. Now, Lee's just going to do a little fact-checking here checking. for me, mate. Yeah, how are we looking? 13th, uh, one yeah. game behind um, Wait, how, one game? Behind the Spurs. So they're, they're two and a half games back of the Kings in, in the playing spot there. So they're, they're within striking distance. But I'll pose this question. Out of those bottom three teams, OKC, mm-hmm. the Rockets, and the Pelicans, which team, if any, do you think would have the greatest likelihood of making a playing spot? This year? Yeah. Oh, far out. Um, it wouldn't be the Oakies. So you can just cross out the Thunder. It's either um, Pelicans or Rockets. Oh, but... You're not here for the Thunder? Out. I mean, they're not. They're not after here losing. Playing. After losing by, actually, they've bounced back since that absolute dismantling. Was it seventy-two points versus mm. the Grizzlies the other day? Yeah. They've won a couple now. Yeah. In terms of um, oh. star power, you'd have to say the Pelicans because they've got more talent when Zion comes back, I mean, especially when Zion comes back. But yeah, the Rockets—they're a tricky one. And so far, this is why we we love the league and things like that because only a couple of weeks ago. Now, this has not aged well at all, but I said the Rockets wouldn't make 10 wins. Mm. Yes, you did. They're nearly on a goddamn 10-game win streak. <laughs> like, is this just real life? In, in saying that, like, I don't think we thought that they would have that many more wins over, over 10. Like, they, Mate, they Choo-choo, I'm on the train. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. They, they play the Bucks later today, could potentially make it eight, but, you know, they've got a few pieces. Like, Eric Gordon in particular, I think would be a name pretty highly sought after. I'm surprised he's still there. He's one of those guys who's... Uh, he's been there for... Has he been there for his whole career, Eric Gordon? Gordon uh, for, not his whole career, a long time, He's I think. been there through the ups and the downs. Was he with this... Uh, he's been there a long time, but just just quickly, if you if you put this team the way they're going, you know, maybe Jalen Green comes back and starts performing a little bit better. Yes. Yep. If you put John Wall onto this team, even in a bench role or a starting role, whatever yeah. you want to do, with his talent, we know he can still play. He's, mm. He showed that last year. Like, I think out of those three teams, they would be best. Like, I think they could... Like, if Make you put right. Wall in that team and Green, I would almost... I Like, they could take it up to the Kings. They're yeah. going to take it up yeah. to the Spurs. Like, I think they've got a, a bit about them, which oh, is they odd. do. They do have it a bit about odd. them. However, in saying that, if I was the Rockets, you've got the choice between yeah. finishing maybe, I would say maybe around the 10 to 12 mark or 
around the bottom two to three yeah. teams, yeah. Mark. Now, if I was the Rockets, knowing what I know about them now, I'd prefer to finish bottom three and go for that lottery. Yeah. But would you? Because the odds have been so altered now, haven't they? Like, well, it doesn't actually impact what you as happens? much. Because I don't even know. So it used to be like if you were the bottom... Sorry, like your odds would greatly, greatly increase. Mm. Like that, you would actively tank, but now it's changed a little bit where the Mm. odds are leveled out a little bit. So tanking's not as beneficial. Mm. I'm not saying they're going to necessarily get the number one pick if they finish last, but what I'm saying is they have increased odds for um, getting another really good piece for their future because I I think they still need a few more pieces to rebuild. Piss that off, mate. They're going, they're they're on the longest active winning streak. Look out in the NBA finals, I reckon. Dear me. That's great. They've been great. But, um, yeah, just speaking on that, the conferences, fellas, like, it is really so close in the East and West, isn't it? Like, I think this might be, that I can recall, the season where there's, the, like, between, in the East, between, like, 4th and 10th mm. or 11th or whatever, there's mm. only, like, a couple of games separating them. So it really does, your position fluctuates so quickly. Yep. Likewise, in the West, that middle, middle, I guess, phase of the standings, you know, it's only a game or two, and you you can just jump from mm. not within the plane to you know a playoff top four spot almost. You can leapfrog teams, like you can leapfrog maybe two to three teams depending on you know. How is you- this the closest, most exciting season that like? There's, I think there's this is the season, and I might have said this last season as well, mm. but I do act, I do believe it mm. this year. It's the season where there's the most like you could. There's probably fifteen teams you could give. An answer for that you you could make a case for yeah. to win the title. There's the most That's teams it. I think that are um, legitimate chances, and you could feasibly see a way that they make it to the finals. Yeah. And I think that's more exciting as well because I think like last year it was a bit, even though both Lakers and Nets didn't win the championship, yes. there was this sort of unsettled thing throughout the yeah. thing uh, throughout the season the whole year that oh it's going to be either Nets or or the Lakers, and then when the Bucks ended up taking the championship, I think people were secretly quite happy because mm. like. I think Giannis is a likable character, and it sort of just yep. showed that it's not always going to be the, these powerhouse teams yeah. who who are the ones who are taking home the chips. So it's nice saying the small market teams do well, isn't it? No, oh, it is. Absolutely, I think there's just so much uncertainty with who will actually take home the chip, which makes it exciting to watch. So who's who's at this point in time? Who is the pick? Who is your pick? You pick one team. Oh, probably, honestly, probably. Uh, I'd, say, team, my, yeah, I, I'd probably go Golden State at this point. I think I would say the Warriors as well, yeah. just from what we've seen mm. and knowing that they've still got Clay Wiseman to come oh, back. It's dirt. I, I mm. think it's hard to... I, I don't think I could pick a team against them at the minute. No, right? neither could I. I. I think either Golden State or um, Phoenix. Or the Suns. Or the Suns. Yeah. Be They've been great. They have been. It's good to see Booker scoring more yeah. and really kind of leading the way on mm. that front. Chris if I Paul. had to like, if I had to pick one, it would be Golden State Warriors though, because they have um, Steph, Clay, and Draymond who have been through it countless times. Yeah, you know, experience is just so so valuable. Yeah. Now, just quickly, MVP is it Curry, Durant, Giannis, Jokic? Who's it's Curry at the moment? It's Curry at the moment. Yeah, I think too hard to differentiate. Oh, they've, they've all been outstanding, particularly, I think, Giannis, particularly given that the Milwaukee Bucks have had an um, sort of resurgence yeah. because they started the year so badly. I think a lot of attention is going to him of late. And he's putting up stupid numbers. Ridiculous. Like, 2K numbers. Like, it silly. is 2K numbers, but I think almost because we've, we're have we just accustomed to seeing them now yeah. that it's like it's no no big deal. Goes but he is 
on fire. Yeah. And I think uh, Jokic isn't getting talked about as much as he should be, probably because the Nuggets are pretty... That's I right. mean, they're eight, but um, he's been playing absolutely insane. He's got to do a monster load yep. of work. He's got to carry this team, but... Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's fun, isn't it? It is a fun year to be an NBA fan. I'll just touch on something very quickly before we end the podcast. Let's do it. Not necessarily NBA-related, but could be over the next year or so. And I've spoken about uh, this... Uh, here we go. I've yeah. spoken about this guy to Nick off the podcast. Now, when Nick came up with Joshy Gideon, got on the train fairly early into his NBL career... It was just a lot of satisfaction I, for, for all three of us, mm. but particularly Nick, and I felt quite sort of envious quite envious that he got on the train that early and now Giddy's starting his NBA career really well and yeah. successfully. Now, I want my own guy to do that. <laughs> yes. um, there's this guy, and he, he comes from Tassie. Comes That's from, even better, isn't it? Yeah, which, ma- which, closer, which makes this even more close to my heart. A guy by the name of Taron Armstrong. Yes, now, have you guys have you guys been keeping up with I what have. he's doing? Yep, no. I have, and he's goddamn. He's not, he's going to do big things. What leagues he in? So he's playing over a college bowl in mm. the states at the moment. He's playing for probably a lesser known um, team in the Calif- California Baptist Lancers. I think yeah. I think their name is. So it's, it's certainly not a te- certainly not <laughs> a team. Flag. No, not a red flag. Green. Wait for it. Wait for it. When he gets yeah. drafted, I'll be bringing out the green flag. But, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he is very reminiscent of Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. He's a point guard, about six five, so he's got length to him. Yep. Um, he's been touted so far as one of, if not the best passers in college ball at the moment, mm. and one of, if not the best point guard in college ball at the moment. And we're still, over in Australia, not really getting that much... He's not getting that much accolades, yep. really. Like, I think I've been keeping up with him since, I guess, he, he came onto the scene for the California um, Baptist Lancers. Yep. But he's unbelievable. I've got a few stats this year. Oh, yes. So, so far this year, he's averaging 12 points, which is modest. So it's not, nothing to write home about, but he's also averaging seven point seven rebounds and eight point eight assists. That's huge so numbers, and huge numbers. I I certainly think I, I would implore our listeners, and I would implore Lee as well, given he hasn't doesn't know as much, to look at his highlights, and you'll see where the hype mm. is coming from. Mm. I wouldn't get on this train if I didn't think it was heading to a good place, and I think Tazzy, I, I think this guy is every chance to get picked up in. Mate. Probably the next draft. Brilliant. Okay, Nick called uh, Giddy's round early and his draft pick. What's what's his name? Tony Armstrong. Yeah. Taron. Tony Armstrong. Tony Armstrong. I love it. I love Tony, but no, it's not Tony. Um, Taron Armstrong. Well, let's put it this way: if he's already been touted, and I'm not saying it's universally touted, but he's touted by some um, pro, uh, gurus, NBA experts, college experts, as Prof, yeah. the best point guard in college ball and the best passer, or among the top mm-hmm. few. I would I would be very surprised if he didn't go first round. But knowing top that, ten. Uh, I we need to see need to see more of him to see if he can keep it up. But I have, oh, I have every bit of faith. This is this is a bookmark moment, isn't this, it? This, this is, is a moment, that, moment where you you kind of like this is where legends are made, right? This could define me. I could be that guy who jumped on the train early and the train exploded, or <laughs> I, we could be going to wonderful places. And I, I actually think we're going to be going to really good places going forward. Oh, he is my next pick. I'd like to do a Taron Armstrong watch. We'll come up with a yep. better, better segment, but um, yep. I'll be giving a little weekly update as Mate, to how he's gone that past week. I love it. I love it. I love hearing 
you know, I think there is nothing more satisfying than if you jump on something early and you can put your your stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is it, right? And especially being a Tassie bloke, Tassie I am bloke. all aboard this. Oh, it, and how satisfying would it be? Uh, it would be incredibly be satisfying. And um, look, I'm gonna we're gonna reach out to to Taz. I think that's his new nickname, Taz. but we're going to come up with something else. Yeah, um, imagine because he comes from Tassie as well. So absolutely, Taz, um, it's sort of double meaning. Um, but I'd love to get him on just to have a have a quick chat about. Um, I guess because we think of being Tassie boys, imagine the transition over from Tassie, little old Tassie, which is often forgot about, over to the states now yep. dominating in college ball, probably an NBA prospect over yep. the next year or so. It, I, it sort of just seems like a dream. It would be wicked to have him on. We will certainly put the feelers out there and road like. Imagine Adam Silver saying, and Taryn Armstrong from Tasmania. Exactly right. That would be, it would be be huge. He's playing his own mic career. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Mate, you've put, you've, You've got got on this one early. You've got on this one early. I've got faith. I've got faith. So bookmark this moment, guys. Check out Taryn Armstrong. Um, You mentioned this to me a couple of weeks ago. I've since been trying to take in more of what he's doing, and he, I, I am on board with you. I think he looks great, and he's got all the tools necessary to uh, to make the leap. I think so as well. Brilliant, mate. I love it. Lee, you're going to have to scout out your little hidden gem next next season. You've done first, row second. I'll do my... There's hidden gems everywhere. We love it. Guys, as we said, it's been a massive episode. Next week, we are going to be back with our Christmas special, our Daily Dribble, the loosest episode of the year. We love it. Um, Who knows which direction we'll go in, but we will be running one of our mailbag segments, so get in your questions, basketball or non-basketball related. We're certainly... We're pumped up, aren't we, fellas? Yeah, it's the most it's, wonderful time of the year. I think it's our favourite episode of the year, the yeah. mailbag episodes, particularly around Christmas time, you know, festivities. Goes very quickly from the most wonderful day of the year to the following day with the headache, the, mo- the most yes. horrible day of the year. But yep, we're all here I for mean, it. We, we haven't done one on video yet, which is what scares me. I like it. Oh, that's concerning. Oh, that's good. That's actually kicked you in. You would just see the eyes start to kind of <laughs> glass over. Glass over. Like, like, <laughs> Brilliant. Because I don't think our listeners would know, and I don't think we want to give them too much of an insight, but our Christmas episodes over the last few years, it's a wonder how we managed to, to get that up and running. That was... we, we found some clips during the week, and it oh, is no. like we there's, – there's no behind-the-scenes magic here. It's us blokes. We, we do the episode. We upload it. We, do, we don't do much editing, but no. we, you know, trying to type it up and actually upload it when you're um, – you know, um, you're, you're buckled is no easy feat. So, it's not, is it? Uh, it's going to be a fun one, isn't it, fellas? Indeed. Oh, Not keen. Guys, stay up to date with all of our socials for all the latest news from the NBA and NBL throughout the week. Be sure to check out the NBL. It's phenomenal. More games on today as we speak. Be sure to also check out Taron Armstrong. Taz. We're going to have a lot more talk about him, yeah. so we're looking forward to following his journey. Taz Talk. Ta- Taz Talk. Okay. Oh, yes. There you go. That's Lock that in. Taz Talk. Trademark that. You might have to make a little separate Instagram page. Taz, Taz talk, absolutely, mate. Okay. Well, our, our outro, real quick, should be like us with like music fading over, like on the news, and we like ruffle our papers <laughs> and like start making yeah, fun. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be interesting. See, this is where the best ideas come. We better wrap it up. Okay. But lads, been a pleasure as always. Guys, we will talk to you next week. Big episode. Get those questions in. Send them in Instagram, Facebook. We'll have stuff up during the week. We want all of them. We can't wait. Big episode inbound next week. Till then, love you. Bye.